Well, welcome to 2021. Isn't that fun? Does anybody feel like, I don't know, I'm old enough that I feel like I'm really in the future, right? Right, What was it, uh, the old cartoon with Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century or something like that? I feel like we're there, like, whoa, I never thought this would happen. I came from a tradition that Jesus definitely was supposed to have returned by now, right? We didn't even think we'd get to the 2000s. Y2K was shocking to my tradition. But here we are in 2021. And today, I'm just going to make a really simple invitation. Uh, I think it's from the Lord. Um, and it's, we're, <laughs> we remember, I'm sure you've done the same, remembering back to last year, a lot of stuff happened. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I'm looking for Lee Free right now. Um, do you guys remember the time when Lee Free, when I said, I said something at the end of the service, I was like, and if you guys think da-da-da-da-da, and his Siri answered me, like with a coherent sentence. It was the most bizarre thing, which is ironic because Siri almost never works, at least for me, so... Um, but if you might remember at the beginning of last year, of 2020, didn't know what we were getting into, we asked this simple question is, what do I want? What do I really want? Anybody remember that? It seemed like 10 years ago, maybe. Um, and, and what we talked about is this idea of, if, we, if you ask the question, what do I really want? You know, you have a presenting desire, right? You may say right now, well, you know what I want this year? I want a new job. But if you, if you ask the question why and go to what, what do I really want? I say I want a new job, but what, I, what do I really want? Ah, I want to do something meaningful. Why? Well, I want to feel like my time on earth was meaningful. Why? Because I want to be meaningful. Oh, I see. And the, the whole idea is this. If you go down on any one of your desires and ask why, you'll find eventually you're going to get to something that is beyond your control. In other words, I, I want to affect world history. You'll find if you read biographies, the people that are considered world changers were there mostly by accident. <laughs> or if you, I just want peace in my life. I want everything to go well. Has anyone noticed that most of that's out of your control? And so the argument we made, if we look at the scriptures and also just through our own experiences, when we get down to what we really want, there's this thing about us that we're always longing for something. What we really want is God in his kingdom. In other words, God himself, the one who is in charge, the one who is the source of peace, the one who bestows meaning on us. In his kingdom, the world ordered as he desires to be. There's lots of desires that we have, but some of them are just kind of wonky, and he can order the world in such a way that God and his kingdom really at the, at the core are what we actually want. And so that's what we talked about at the beginning of last year before things did start to get really wonky. Um, and so, as you know, you know, recently we've talked about the kingdom. Yeah, so we've been talking about we want God and his kingdom. Well, we've described at length what does God's coming kingdom look like. We looked at Revelation 
chapters 21 and 22 about what's in our future. And, and the reason we did that is we know that what we think our future is fundamentally determines our present. And you remember the, the illustration I gave over and over again, but it's a great one, is if, if your job, day in and day out, eight hours a day, was to screw on the top of a toothpaste tube, just that cap, that was just hundreds of tubes every day. The, the, if you knew at the end of the year you would make $100, you would feel a certain way, right? But if you knew at the end of the year you would make $100 million, you would have a different daily experience, wouldn't you? Right? You'd just be dancing as you put those caps on. And so the, the reason we talked about the future kingdom is this idea is can we have a vision of our lives that actually our deepest longings, if it's God and his kingdom we want, our deepest longings will be fulfilled. If you think about it, this is it's like the best thing you can ever think of. That if it's true that what I most deeply long for is actually coming, this is a good life I've got. Okay, so I want to talk about this a little bit more um, and reopen this question as we're at the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year is just a good time. It's a reflective time. It's in some ways kind of arbitrary, isn't it? Just the calendar changed and it's kind of actually a bit silly to assume everything else will change, you know. <laughs> but it helped, if we humans live in time and it helps us to kind of reflect on our lives. And, and so I want us to ask the question, what do I want? What do I want? Ask yourself, what do I want? And I'm going to look at a very simple parable that Jesus gave in Matthew 13. He's talking about the kingdom of God. Matthew 13 is really where Jesus put most of his parables about the kingdom. And so I'm just going to look at three verses where he tells two really short stories. Verses 44 through 46. And so Jesus is describing the kingdom and he says this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had. And bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. As you can see, there's two real common, uh, two ideas in common here. It's just when it came to God and his kingdom, Jesus, as he's described it, said, both the guy who found the treasure and the merchant sold all he had and bought that field, sold everything he had and bought it. Why did he do this? Well, just simply because he wanted to. Notice that the reason was in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. Have you ever run into something that you thought was so important the price didn't matter all that much? I forgot to ask my boys if I could, t if I could talk about them during this sermon, but Charlie, I'm just going to do it. Um, when Charlie is locked onto a video game, no price is too much. 
Because, Dad, you have no idea how amazing this game is. You have no idea. And he has researched it. He's dreamed about it. He's seen it in his future. And I'll do whatever it takes. My oldest son is in the process of buying a new car. There's stars and carburetors in his mind, right? No price is too great. I'll do whatever it takes, Dad. He's not thinking about the price. He's thinking about the prize, Make sense? So why did this guy sell everything? He literally wanted to. The, the price is a secondary concern. Whatever, whatever it takes, I want that because it's joy itself. The second reason why he did it is he had to. Why did he, why did he sell all he had and buy that field? Why did he sell everything and bought it? Because he could only have the, the treasure after he bought the field. The merchant could only have that fine pearl after he'd bought it. It sounds like obvious, but it's not obvious. Think about it. The only way, here, here's, here's one way to think about it. If it's true that God and his kingdom, God himself, the source of everything good and beautiful, and the one who orders the world in the way it was meant to be, if it's true that, that he himself is the fulfillment of my longings, then the only way to him is I must relinquish every other, every other desire for any of them to be fulfilled. In other words, you can't, have the field. You can't have the treasure unless you sell everything to buy the field. Does that make sense? Let me give you an example. So let's say um, I want an amazing job that's super influential. If it's true that God and his kingdom are what I want, Really, the reason I want a job that makes me feel meaningful is because it has a little bit of a reflection of God himself. And the way I get that job that's meaningful is I say, Jesus, I will give up my desire for a job that's meaningful, and I want you. And here's what he does. He may or may not give you that job. But he'll order your desires in such a way that you realize what I actually wanted all along was you. And it turns out the job I'm in right now is starting to become meaningful because I'm in it with Jesus. Or he might put you in some place different. There are desires that are good and healthy and wonderful. So some people want, I want to get married. I want to have kids. These are good desires. But you'll find if you abandon the main treasure for that one thing, once you get it, it actually can't satisfy you. It's only through giving up the desire itself for the sake of God, because he actually is the thing I want, that he rightly orders it down in my heart so that I can actually enjoy it. Is that making sense? I'll give you one more example. My poor wife um, has had to deal with an insecure husband for a long time, <laughs> 26 years, in fact. And I noticed if she ever wasn't happy, I would get all crazy and do whatever I could to, whether it was please her or even bully her into happiness. Has anyone tried to been bullied into happiness? <laughs> it doesn't work all that well. 
And why was it? Because I wanted a happy wife. Because if she's happy, then I'm happy. And why? Well, if, if I'm happy, then I like my life and I have a meaningful and peaceful life. It's going down to what I've started to realize. If I will give up, don't take this wrong, honey, having a happy wife for God and his kingdom and saying, whether she's happy or not, I know Jesus is in love with me and I've got you. What turns out is he starts to equip me to notice her and to give her space in ways that she can walk into who she's meant to be and I'm not in her way. Does that make sense? Okay, so I'm giving these examples. I must relinquish every other desire for any of them to be fulfilled. Here's something I want to notice. That's, that's with the magnifying glasses here. About this parable and about the kingdom. You'll notice that the kingdom, according to this parable, is that this treasure is hidden. And this pearl that the guy sells everything for is very small. Really important to notice that. Because when, man, we live in probably the most oversold culture ever, right? I mean, I was driving yesterday on the highway, and the billboard said, 15 minutes to paradise. I was like, that is a claim right there. Do they know what paradise means? <laughs> because what they meant was a gambling casino. I've been there, and I don't love smoking, you know. And I don't think gambling works out. There's a reason those buildings kept getting bigger, you know. So, you know, I, I was like, 15 minutes to paradise. We get oversold. So this idea that God and his kingdom are, are the deepest, most actual fulfillment of my longings, it sounds like yet one more used car salesman. And besides, are, what you're trying to tell me is that to fo follow Jesus, to give up everything else for the, for the kingdom, to give up every desire to not do things I like? That's dumb. Jesus knows it looks like that. He knows that all these competing desires and disordered desires are loud and obvious. But Jesus wanted us to know, guys, there's something about the kingdom. It's not loud. It's not obvious. It's not screaming. But if we'll quiet down and relinquish that, Jesus will do stuff in us that nobody else can possibly do. How many of you guys had chances to relinquish your desires over the Christmas holidays? It's, right? Just, just, just as simple as this. You actually were the one who cleaned up the kitchen. And no one else noticed. Can anyone relate? Some of you are going to get in trouble because the one who didn't clean it is near you or the ones who didn't clean it, right? Did you have to relinquish the desire to be noticed? The relinquish the desire to be thanked? But here's what I found on a couple of these occasions. If I did that with Jesus, if I said, I feel really ill-used right now. But Jesus, I'm going to relinquish that desire. Do you love me? Here's what I found in that hidden space, digging for that little treasure. He'd say things like, I love you. Do you want to hang out together? Let's not judge that other person because you're kind of a mess too. And all of a sudden I noticed I'm not as grumpy as I was. 
the thing that I actually desired, I found in Jesus, not in everyone noticing me. Because it's also kind of petty when you make everybody notice you, right? Have you noticed it? So it kind of doesn't feel, taste so great once you get that, right? Treasure is hidden and pearls small. So it's a very simple parable to have God in his kingdom. Both these characters sold all they had to buy the field or buy the pearl. Why did they do it? Because he wanted to. He wanted to. Because something about this blew up so much joy. That treasure was so good. I don't care what it costs. costs I don't know, whatever. I'll, sold, I'll sell everything. And the other one is he had to. The only way to the treasure was to sell everything. To relinquish everything. Because I want that one true fulfillment of my desire. So, 2021, here's the question we ask ourselves. It's simply this, what do I want? And if we're going to look at Jesus' parable, here's one way we could ask ourselves very specifically. Do I want God in his kingdom? Do I want God in his kingdom? Now this, this can easily fall on deaf ears. Easily. Because it could be the, 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 the uh, cheerleading moment. For a new year, follow Jesus the best. I'm the cheerleader for Jesus, you know, etc. Or could you ask this question with God and be extremely honest? Do I honestly think Jesus can satisfy the longings of my heart? And I want you to answer no if you don't think so. Please answer no. Don't just say, because here's what I'll tell you my answer is. I think so. And I'm the pastor of the church, okay? Jesus, do I want God in his kingdom? I'm pretty sure I do. That's my most honest answer. Why? Because sometimes I don't like where God and his kingdom are going. I don't like it at all. But there are these moments I hit where my, I, my deepest fears are provoked in me, and then Jesus with me comforts me, and not only that, transforms me. And so there are things I'm not afraid of anymore. There's things I don't run from anymore. There's courage I, I have inside of me that nothing else has ever given me. There's, there's these moments when I'm by myself in, in I realize that Jesus is right there with me and only he and I get to share this thing. And there's a sweetness that nobody, not my wife, nobody's been able to get that close to me and know me and tell me, I see you and I love you. And that says to me, oh, I want that. I forget it a lot. But I want that. So the next question is, if, if it's true that I want God in his kingdom, am I willing to relinquish every desire for it? In other words, do I want to? And I actually have to. Oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. What a ridiculous ask. You're saying I don't, I shouldn't want anything else but God in his kingdom? It doesn't really quite a, kind of work that way, honestly. The way I find it is, Will I always give precedence? 
Will I always give first place to Jesus in any desire? Whoo, that sounds like a real meddlesome God, doesn't it? He's, he's going to, but what if it's true that he is the joy and the desire and, and actually the thing I thought I wanted, if he's not part of it, it's actually kind of lame. How have I learned that? Well, I've kind of, I've, I've, I've inched into this. I think following Jesus is a lot like marriage, at least the way Jesus wants us to do it. Anybody who's married, you, you, you realize, man, I thought that person was awesome, awesome, and I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into. The, the non-married people are like, oh my goodness, it's so, that, I'm telling you, that is just the way it is. You do not know the person you're marrying. You do your best, and you're like, woo, this person, I feel this rush of joy. I'm selling it all for this one person. Whoa. And you have to sell it all again and again and again. Can anybody relate to me? <laughs> it's the joy. It's the joy that requires. I give everything else. There's a lot of wonderful women out there but I chose one. And I've given up every other desire for that one. So we're going to spend the rest of the morning, just a little bit of time, asking this question of ourselves. What we really don't want to do is just have an academic exercise of, yeah, I'm supposed to want Jesus the most. Okay, fine. Um, that question, God in his kingdom, do I actually want God in his kingdom? That could be... That could be a year-long question. That could be your question for the year. If you want to be extremely honest with the Lord, extremely honest with God and with yourself, please do it. Because the thing is, it's joy that's the engine for sacrifice. I took that from Dale Bruner, Frederick Dale Bruner. Joy is the engine for sacrifice. We don't sacrifice because we have to. We, we, we do it first, and then we start to resent it. You guys follow me? I mean, it's why, it's why I don't make New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Unless it's something I so want. The truth is, I'll probably get it whether I make a resolution or not if I really want it. You know what I'm saying? It's because I want it. I'm driven by desire. So if I don't desire God in his kingdom, that's the place to start. It's okay. It's okay. You're normal. The kingdom's hidden. It's a little pearl. So make, can we make that our conversation? God, I, at least what I think your kingdom is, I don't know, that does not excite me. Oh, such a beautiful journey. Jesus is ready to talk. He's, he's not going, you should like it on your own. You should, that's nuts. That's not true whatsoever. The gospel is this. Jesus says, come and see. Come and see. Come and taste. And then he'll invite us deeper in to then next, ask the next question. What if there is a desire you've got that's the first thing you wake up with? Just owning you. Could it be possible that if you said, I'm just relinquishing that to you, God, and whatever it takes, I want you. Whatever it takes, I want you. Could it be that the Lord would reorder that stuff? 
Could it be that if you let it die, he might resurrect it in his time and his way? Or if it wasn't all that good, he'd just let it die? Guys, I was once convinced as a kid, I was destined to be a garbage collector. Because I thought it was so awesome that those guys could ride on the back of the truck. I was like, that's my future. That's what I want to do. And not to say that there's anything wrong with being a garbage collector, but Jesus did have other plans. He let that desire die eventually. I will say I never, ever wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> it was not a desire anywhere on my radar. And as I say, Jesus, whatever it takes, I start to realize, oh, I'm fitted pretty well for this. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess, I guess you do know what I want. Make sense? Okay, so I'm going to invite the worship team up, um, and they're just going to provide a little gentle atmosphere, and I think we might have gotten some 3 by 5 cards back on tables if it would help to write on the tables, or even maybe you can put it in your phone. Like, I want you to just take some time to reflect. This is, you know, honestly, this is a massive question, so it could take a long, long time to reflect, but if we don't start somewhere, we'll never do anything. I read a great article yesterday. It's about mental, having healthy mental space throughout the year. And one of the things was, that one of the instructions was, do it badly. Whatever it is you, you're going to launch out, just do it badly. Because if you're trying to do it perfect, you'll probably never start, and you'll just make yourself and everyone else crazy. So just do it badly, and you'll turn out, it'll probably go better than you even thought. Okay? So this morning, do it badly. Reflect. Lord, do I want you in your kingdom? And be honest. If you're like, no, I have tasted a little bit of that. I get it. It's kind of like marriage. I don't get all of it, but on the front, I'm, yeah, I've tasted it. I'm in. Are there competing desires that Jesus is, is even really, really good ones, that Jesus is offering us the chance to relinquish in order to order us and actually give us what we want, which is him? All right. Take some time to do it.
this exercise will probably take a lot more time for all of us, but I, hey, listen, I want to encourage you, this is time well spent. If you take time this afternoon or in the mornings or whatever your time is, the years blow by, guys. The years blow by. There's something called a midlife crisis that, that seems to happen in, in us Americans. And in a lot of ways, what it is, is just the failure to reflect. What do I actually want and where is life going? And then it's realizing later, what have I done? Life just moves along. It's important we reflect. Anthony Elliott, I'm gonna ask him to come share something. He had sent me a text um, during worship that I didn't notice. And he had no idea what I was gonna speak about. I just thought it was really, really appropriate. So Anthony, if you would share what you sent me. I actually wrote this uh, yesterday, uh, just had been on my mind, and so I wrote these words. As we now have crossed into the new year, I have been pondering a few thoughts around the idea of contentment. I have seen post after post of folks talking about how glad they are to see 2020 end and the hope of a better 2021. I too have experienced many low points in 2020, but I have also seen many beautiful things that came about because of the difficulty. I'm also reminded of how the Apostle Paul writes about he had, how he had learned to be content in all situations and circumstances. How is this possible? I suspect that he learned that contentment comes from within, not in what lies around us. If we are dependent on our circumstances and situations to be good in order for us to be good, then we give our ability to be content away to the external. When I know that I am good inside, then it doesn't matter whether things are going well or not. Now, please don't confuse contentment with complacency or even satisfaction. We will still get to experience our emotions and pursue our wants and desires. But we can do that from the place of those being an expression of the contentment that we have in who we are, not as an effort to attain an identity. I don't know what 2021 holds for me or for you. What I do know is that there is a place of contentment that God wants for you so that you do not have to live in anxiety but where you can experience the peace that passes all understanding. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Could have been a lot shorter than the sermon. All right, let's stand together. Thank you, Anthony. A couple of just thoughts that came to my mind. If, if, you, if you notice when you're asking the question of do I actually want God or his kingdom, that guilt or shame, or fear starts coming up, maybe it's because of religious history, then that's where God wants to meet you. You know what I'm saying? It's not then you try to work it up and feel bad that you don't or something like that. Where he wants to meet you is why does that happen when you think of God and his kingdom? Because this doesn't work if it's not a joy. That make sense? If it's not a joy, you can try, but you won't be able to sustain it. You're just gonna get, be a grumpy person, that makes everyone else grumpy, discontent. Um, but 
let that be the very spot. God, it makes me feel so guilty. Let him talk with you about it. Let him heal you. Trust me, he wants to heal us. He wants to give us the kingdom. I think it's Luke 18. He says, he says to the disciples, oh, little children, your father longs to give you the kingdom. He's not withholding it. He wants to give it. He wants to give it. So Lord Jesus, will you help us? Will you help us? Maybe some of us are well-versed in these, this inner work here, Lord. We're saying, what do we want? Some of us, this is really new and uncomfortable and weird. And I'm not sure if this is going to help at all. Lord, take us into your heart. Come into our inner spaces where we're the most frustrated or frightened or confused. And, and even we've been trying to follow you for a long time. We don't know why I'm frustrated and confused. Come into us, Jesus. Help us to trust you enough to let you mess with us. Lord, we want to go, we can tell you all the things we want, and I think you're just smiling. This is awesome. I love all the stuff you want. Lord, order our desires so that we aren't disappointed by running after things that look sort of like you because they reflect you and we miss you in the process we want you we want you i can just hear the lord saying i want you i want you thanks lord let that ring in our ears all week in jesus name we pray amen